The NCAA has at long last sent a notice of allegations to Baylor University stemming from its investigation into the rape scandal uncovered in 2015. And Maryland inches along toward a decision on the future of suspended head coach DJ Durkin as damning new details in a report from the Washington Post have turned up the heat on school administration in College Park. It's October 3rd. My name is Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. Two and a half years after Baylor fired Art Bryles, the NCAA has issued a notice of allegations to Baylor Athletics. Joining us now with the details is Tim Watkins of Bears Illustrated. I know the full text of this document isn't public yet, but Tim, what do we know at this point about the content of this notice of allegations? Well, it appears, according to reports from Matt Engel at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Dennis Dodd also wrote about on the CBS Sports Network, that there are major allegations or major violations uh, posted against Baylor University. We really don't know what those are tied to, if they're tied specifically to the sexual assault uh, cases that have been levied against Baylor University and that scandal that resulted in the firing of our brawls and several staff members. We don't know if those were found during the due diligence and investigation into that, where they found other recruiting violations, uh, be it of mi- major or minor variety. There's, there's still a lot of things, unfortunately, that we don't know. However, we do know that an 18-month investigation started, I believe, in June 2017 is when it did become published that things are starting to ramp up and now the ball is in Baylor's court in terms of response. So if you don't know much about what exactly is being alleged by the NCAA, probably don't know about, know very much about a potential range of punishments at this point either. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I think there's quite a few things on the table. Um, You know, earlier in August, uh, there were rumors that Baylor was considering a self-imposed bowl ban in the 2018 season uh, for the football program. That was vehemently denied by Baylor University, but that is obviously on the table when it comes to an NCAA sanction. Obviously, with the timing and how things will play out from Baylor's response to the NCAA's response and all of a sudden the lawyers get involved, We're definitely not going to have an answer to this by the end of this football season, more likely in the spring of 2019. So Baylor could, in fact, self-impose a bowl ban for this year, try and get ahead of it, and likely maybe have uh, the NCAA tack on another year or two, Uh, maybe even more aggressive than that. Honestly, without knowing what the violations are, it's, it's really hard to guess if it'll be the loss of revenue, the loss of scholarships, recruiting sanctions, if it was, in fact, tied to recruiting violations. Uh, there's, there's still a lot of questions out there. Do you foresee the NCAA running into a similar issue that we saw with Penn State, where there is a strong public appetite to publish wrongdoers, but by the time the NCAA gets around to metting out a punishment, the wrongdoers are gone, and now you're just left punishing students and coaches who didn't have anything to do with the things that transpired before they got there? Possibly. I think that Baylor's standing in the college uh, sports world, especially college football world, is significantly lower than what Penn State's was at the time, uh, even with the back-to-back both 12 champions and the, the recent success of the program uh, during the Art Bryles era. Uh, I, I think that the scandals prior to this, uh, ranging back from the basketball program in the early 2000s, will put Baylor in a negative light. Uh, and I think all those things will hurt them from a public perception. But 
I think there will be people that see that Baylor has made wholesale changes to their uh, presidential seat, their athletic department, as well as the football staff, obviously, and that it is a true uh, punishment for people that really didn't do anything involved in the incidents from 2012 to 2016. In addition, I, I think a, a good case to look at is, again, is the uh, North Carolina case with the academic fraud where they found that it was a university-wide problem causing the issues versus a specific football or basketball-related problem. In fact, I think it is very easy and clear to say that the Baylor University issue is not only relegated to football, but it is a university-wide problem. So it'll be interesting to see if the additional violations did occur and related to the sexual assault scandal. I think it could. The defense could look like what North North Carolina said. But I have a feeling that they did digging for the last 18 months and they found violations outside of that. And then all of a sudden it just looks like another lack of institutional control. And then the gamut is really wide open at that point. Do we have any kind of timeline at this point about when we might know more about what's contained in this notice or when there might be a response from Baylor? Well, Baylor will have a response within 90 days of receiving uh, the notice of allegations. Uh, We can assume, based on the timelines outlined in Mac Engel's story, that uh, they have been received within the last two to four weeks. So roughly 60 to 75 days from now, Baylor will have a response. Now, will that be public knowledge? Will that go into great detail on everything that the NCAA is alleged to Baylor of doing? We won't know that until we really see the final report, and that will come out 60 days after the NCAA has filed or has received Baylor's filing of an appeal. Then there's the appeal process, the lawyer process. My best estimate is March to April of 2019, but it could be even farther out than that. All right. Tim Watkins is the publisher of BearsIllustrated.com. To follow along with this developing story, you can find him on Twitter at TimWatkins04. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. It was coming up on two months ago that Maryland suspended DJ Durkin in the wake of an ESPN report about an allegedly toxic culture at the Terrapins football program triggered by the death of Jordan McNair. In the meantime, interim head coach Matt Canada has guided the team to a 3-1 and record, including an emotional win over Texas in the opener. Here to catch us up on the latest with this situation is Jeff Ehrman of Inside MD Sports. There was some new reporting on this story from the Washington Post over the weekend. Jeff, what new information did it contain, and how, if at all, does it affect DJ Durkin's chances of being reinstated? Well, it, it contained several different anecdotes and several new players going on the record. I guess the, the background was that a mother of a player had sent a letter to the school president and others at Maryland in 2016, uh, claiming that the program was, uh, you know, toxic and abusive toward players. Um, and that no one ever acted on that letter. Um, and then you had, Several players making claims. Um, former lineman EJ Donahue said that his experience was so bad that he had to go on antidepression medication, and a couple other players saying that you know it took took their love for the game away from them. Just the, the general culture there, and then there were a few specific stories. Uh, one about the former strength and conditioning coach Rick Court. Uh, allegedly, you know, he was giving a speech to his players while another player was throwing up in a trash can and he became enraged allegedly and shoved the player into a refrigerator. 
similar stories like that. So it was, it was more anecdotes, kind of painting the picture of a program where coaches used uh, demeaning tactics and intimidation to try to motivate players. And in terms of your, the second part of your question, you know, I do think that this could be the final straw for DJ Durkin. It did seem like he was gaining some headway from what I have been told with the investigation, not finding a lot of evidence of a toxic culture. But, you know, at this point, I feel like Maryland's from a PR angle. And when you look at his ability to recruit down the road with all this stuff in his background, uh, it's, it's going to be really hard for them to bring him back and justify that and for him to be successful there. If a parent was notifying school officials about this alleged conduct, is this something that could have ripple effects up the chain of command in the administration at Maryland? Yeah, it clearly could. I mean, those people, especially the school president, Wallace Lowe, and athletic director Damon Evans are already very much on the hot seat from all of this. So, you know, they were, depending on who you talk to, maybe unlikely to survive anyways. This is another, uh, you know, another dagger, I would say, especially for Wallace Lowe, since the mother claimed that she delivered the letter, hand-delivered the letter to him, to his office. Nothing was done. He hasn't come out and addressed that or explained that yet. But yeah, it's another it's another piece of evidence against them. And, you know, just like Durkin, it's hard to see how they survive all of this. How difficult has it been for the coaches and players to move forward with what's looking like a fairly promising season with the fate of their head coach still in limbo? Actually, they've done a good job, you know, compartmentalizing and banding together and using the loss of their teammate as motivation. So um, I think they've done a great job. You know, they obviously had the one game where they did not show up for Temple, lost uh, by 21 points at home in a game they were supposed to win easily. So that's the glaring exception. Otherwise, they've kept it together. You know, they've played better than recent Maryland teams, despite all of this. And, you know, I guess we'll see this weekend at Michigan just how well they're holding up because that's, you know, that's their biggest test of the season so far. Do you think the fact that the team has responded so well on the field maybe makes it easier for Maryland to cut ties with Durkin at this point? Yeah, I think it probably does. You know, if they were 0-4, maybe you hit the panic button and try to bring him back. But they've they've done well under Matt Canada. So I think that that does make him a little more expendable, you know, just based on human nature. When they lost that Temple game, you had people saying, okay, they, you need to bring Darkin back. Canada doesn't know what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, clearly it does. And as the season wears on, regardless of whether you're winning or losing, it, at some point it's got to become too late in the season to bring him back either way. You know, it would be silly to bring him back, say, with four games left. And then he's your head coach again. But then what if he loses all four, goes one and three. So you have all this hanging over his head and he had, he just had a bad season. So um, most people feel like they need to do something soon and that it's dragged on too long. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Maryland had a, uh, and it announced the findings of its internal investigation. It seemed like a lot of people were expecting a decision on Durkin then, but it didn't come. I, any indication at this point when, if uh, when that might be coming down the road? It's supposed to be soon. Uh, any day now. They haven't given given a specific day. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's this week or next week at the latest. But it's all guessing games at this point because they've been so quiet about that and things have moved at such a deliberate pace. And then you know the word is that they 
the plan, at least, was for the Board of Regents to discuss those findings and maybe make a decision during their scheduled meeting on October 19th. I don't know if that time frame has been moved up at all with this Washington Post report or just in general, but you know, that's what that's what I've been told. But there's no date specifically set for the end of the investigation. All right. Jeff Ehrman is publisher of InsideMDSports.com. To stay up to date on this developing story, follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Ehrman. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Connor. I appreciate it. The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast, so we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning with the biggest college football stories of the day wrapped up in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. You can subscribe to The Morning Blitz on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.